0: Let us pray. Most loving and gracious God, we give you thanks and praise for this day. We pray that the Holy Spirit would open our hearts to hear your voice. Lord, may your word be spoken and your word received. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. As we gather and celebrate the Feast of Pentecost giving thanks to God for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, we recognize that it's the very work of the Holy Spirit that brings us to that place by which we can hear the message of God. It's the Holy Spirit that first draws us to a place to say yes to Jesus. And it's the Holy Spirit's work that then, through Christ, enables us to enter into that place that Paul was talking about, being adopted into the family of God by which we become His children and heirs of all that He desires to give to us. That very work, even at the beginning of our journey, is the Holy Spirit moving us to a place to accept faith. And then, by virtue of our baptism, the Holy Spirit is poured upon us, is poured into us. And this desire by Jesus for the Spirit to come is what we hear in the words of the Gospel today. Where Philip says to him, well, show us the Father. That'll be enough for us. And you have to remember that this section of the Gospel is set at Jesus with His disciples at the Last Supper, telling them what's going to happen, challenging them, all sorts of things are going on in that dialogue. And it's from that place that Philip says, well, show us the Father, that'll be enough for us. And Jesus says to him some important words, well, I've been among you all this time, The one who sees me sees the Father. And that's important for us because probably many of us have asked in our own journey, well, what's the Father like? What's the heart of the Father? How would the Father act? What would the Father say? The answer is, well, look at Jesus. Jesus is the image by which we see the Father. Because we know, as Jesus was saying before, well, the Father and the Son are one What you see in one, you get in the other. And so the visible image of God is in the incarnation of Jesus Christ. The Word incarnate come among us. That everything we need to know and see about God is visible before us in Christ. And that's where we need to go when we have these questions of what's God like? And what would God do? And what would God say? Look to Jesus is always the answer who is the visible image of the Father. Then we're told that Jesus gives this talk about prayer that moves on in this section. Truly I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do. And they will do even greater works than these. Well, who are the ones he's talking about? Well, certainly the disciples. Uh, Certainly, uh, whether you signed up for it or not, that includes you, the ones who believe. Greater works will be done by you. And I don't know if we'd, we'd like to open it up for who's ready to testify about their works greater than Jesus Uh, Probably nobody comes forward. And this is one of those verses that it's hard to get at. Well, what's he trying to, to get at? And I think what's greater is it's the Spirit of God that then works in and through us. And that each of us then are called to carry out the mission of Jesus to go and to make disciples to spread the good news of the gospel to be bearers of light into a dark world to be a bearer of love into a place, in a world that's hurting that's all of our assignments by virtue of our baptism and that is a great work that the spirit does in and through us and i think it's important that the the scripture does not say that the clergy will do greater works than these and all the rest of the people will watch them do it. This is an assignment that we're all in together. And now if Jesus had asked me when when he was giving this word and he didn't, um, I would have said, well, can you give three or four examples so we can understand what you mean that we're going to do greater works than you. Um, Unfortunately, he didn't give us that. So we have to try to wrestle with What does that mean? And then he says uh, some other words that I'll admit ahead of time. I'm not about to give you the answer, so if you're on the edge of your seat uh, looking for the explicit answer, uh, today's not your day. Uh, But he says, well, whatever you ask in my name, I will do it, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. And I'm sure if I asked for a show of hands, has anybody asked for anything in his name that wasn't done? Every hand would probably be raised. And then, you know, even times, and I have to admit, this is a hard thing to hear Jesus say, because the church right from the beginning has prayed for things that didn't come to be and things that seem like they would glorify the Father, which is at the heart of this asking, is that it brings glory to the Father. And we think, well, we've prayed for people's healing, this should bring glory to the Father, but they're not cured. What do we do with these things? And as I said, well, I don't have all the answers today. I think these are the hard things about the Christian journey that we just live in tension with as we move in our walk with God. Because certainly Jesus isn't just saying well here's all your blank checks God's like a vending machine just put in your request at any time and you get everything that you ask every time you want whenever you want. That seems kind of odd to think that that's what he means too because we know that not to be the case. But I think what. Jesus is starting to get to is connected to his sentences that are coming further on. Because Jesus is talking to his disciples about the things to pray for, the heart of Jesus and the things that he wants to give the disciples and then Jesus is now going to tell us what he wants to give us. The things that the disciples should pray for, that we should pray for, that gives glory to the Father. And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another counselor to be with you forever. He is the Spirit of truth. That's what Jesus desires for us to have. God's very presence, the Holy Spirit, to live in and through us. Because His promise is that we will not be left as orphans. That He remains with us and that's a promise that keeps coming over and over again which we, which we need to be reminded of time and time and time again. That between Jesus' first coming and His coming again, He doesn't say, well, you're on your own. Hope you can weather it out till I get back. He says, I will be with you. You are not alone. And that's important because as we look through the rest of this Gospel passage, as it comes to, to a close in the section that we've heard, Jesus' call again is, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled or fearful. Well, I, I've said multiple times that This is one of those things that's real easy to say, a lot harder to live in. Peace I leave with you. Do not let your hearts be troubled or fearful. Well, it only takes about, uh, as I've said, one news broadcast to give you something to not be at peace about, to be troubled about, and to be fearful about. All we have to do is look around. We have wars that go on for months. We have a new shooting that occurs in some new city every single week of the news, with multiple lives lost, and we would say that should make us not at peace, and it does. That does make us troubled and fearful. We have uh, just come off the Diocesan Convention Weekend, which was horribly contentious, by which Christians united in Christ stood at opposite side microphones to bash each other over the head with their clubs about who was right and who was wrong. I stand here to admit I'm not at peace and that makes me troubled so then what do we do I think then we stand on the fact that Jesus has overcome all that we will face in the end God has won the day Sin and death are vanquished forever and Jesus will return and usher in a new heaven and a new earth where everything will be perfectly as God desires. That is a conclusion that has already been reached and we wait for that day. And so we know that as we go through these times that make us not at peace, that make us fearful and troubled, That God has overcome all the wars that we have fought all of the years. God is bigger than that, and God will win the day. He will have the victory. God is bigger than all of the violence that we meet out on one another and all of the shootings and all these other horrible things that we hear going on. God is bigger than those things that we face, and Jesus has won the day, and the victory over those things. And certainly, God is bigger than all of the church divisions that we can bring about over the years and all of the battles that we have. And in the end, Jesus wins the day. And I think that has to be our only encouragement and way forward because otherwise it only takes probably one of the things that I mentioned on the list would be enough for us to throw our hands up in the air and say, forget it. (laughs) What is the point of any of this life? And I'm sure we've all said that to ourselves, depending on what we're facing. But we stand, a people assured of the victory, and we stand in the hope of the resurrection and the day to come when all will be set right. And I think the good news of Pentecost is the promise of Jesus that when you're not at peace, when you're fearful and troubled, you are not alone. I am not alone. And not that just God's presence is sort of floating out there in space somewhere. Jesus says, you are not alone because the Spirit is in you. The very presence of God is placed inside each of us. I don't think you could get any closer than that. Inside of us. That's how much we're not alone. That God is in us. And there are times we will feel alone. We will feel troubled. We will feel not at peace. But it's that Spirit's job inside of us to continue to remind us day after day Look to the victory that has been won. Look to Jesus and you will see. That's the Spirit's job to lead us in all truth. That's what it means that the Spirit teaches us and counsels us and comforts us. That in all of those situations, the Spirit opens our hearts and our minds. The hard part about that in the journey, at least has been my experience, is that it's hard to see God's hand at work It's hard to see the victory. It's hard to see the peace that the Spirit is pouring upon us until we're further down the road and we look back. And I'm not very patient, so I'd always like it immediately. Immediate clarity of the peace. But we see God at work when we reflect. When we take time to contemplate and look back and we say, there was God all along walking with us. There is God in me providing comfort before I even knew. There is the peace of Christ in me before I heard the voice. And I think those are the things that we give thanks to God today for. That's the celebration of Pentecost, that we are not comfortless and that the peace and presence of God is in us and the Spirit will be with us no matter what we face. And in the end, thanks be to God, we already know Jesus has the victory and our inheritance is His. And so His victory is ours. We will be raised with Him. Sin and death will be vanquished forever and all these things that trouble us now, that make us fearful now, and that zap our peace away now will be gone forever. And we will live in the perfect peace of the presence of the God who loves us, created us, and gave himself for us so that we could live in that perfect place forever. That ought to be enough joy for us to gather week after week to give thanks to God that that life is possible. And that's the life we have now, not long in the future. That's God's presence in us now. And we thank him for the gift of the Spirit. Let us pray. Father, we give you thanks and praise for this day. We thank you for your abundant blessings upon us. And especially on this Feast of Pentecost, we thank you for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. That Spirit that now lives in each of us and in all believers. May the Spirit continue to draw us into a place of peace. May our troubled hearts be settled. And may our fear be cast out. May your Spirit continue to unite us in your love, that our divisions might cease that we might be united in your love. And no matter what we face, Lord, may we stand on the assurance of your victory and keep our eyes fixed upon you. We make this prayer through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.